I, I have to pee worse than I've ever had to pee in my life. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 19 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris, here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Hey, Chris, I'm okay. So you just got back from vacation. How are you feeling? I'm tired, dude. Yeah, I'm real tired, but uh, I'm good. Yeah, I can imagine you did a little bit of drinking. You're out in the sun all day. You're probably a little drained, but you're feeling good. It's not like a sad, I just drank for three days. It's a, I just went on like a really sick vacation. I'm tired. It's not a, I just went on a three-day bender. <laughs> And I need help. No, your your imagination is accurate. That's exactly what's going on. Good, good. Um, I'm just going to get right to it. Last night I had messaged you because something was really, really bothering me and I didn't know who else to talk to about it. So I'm back to playing soccer again. And there was two occasions in this soccer game where I was referred to as the big guy or big man. And I had to message you about it. And I don't think it wasn't from like a a malicious place with these people right they were like hey mark 29 big guy up the top or someone said hey good game big man so like it was all positive things but for some reason since i heard that i've been thinking i'm overweight and i'm so overweight that okay so when someone calls someone else big man right i feel like that person that's being called big man is so overweight that they must be aware that they're overweight and comfortable being called big man. Does that sound crazy? Yes. Because in my head, when I hear someone say, oh, good game, big man, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just that thick dude that understands he's the thick dude and you can just call me big man because that's just what I am. And that's been bothering me for over 24 hours now. Yeah, well, I certainly get the thought process, and I'd probably feel the same as you. But it's always easier to see the logical and rational standpoint for somebody else than it is for yourself. So, so again, with the caveat that I'd probably feel the same as you, I can say from an outside perspective that that's pretty crazy. You know, that that's, that's a lot of... That's a lot of mental gymnastics to go through to, to get to basically calling yourself fat from guys that didn't even call you fat. Yeah, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of nonsense going on in your head. I thought about it all day. I got home. Let me paint the picture for you here, Kyle, since you're in Bali. It's like nine, it was 95 degrees here today, 100% oh. humidity, and I went for a run oh, wow. when I got home. Okay. I went for a run because I was like, this is not acceptable. I look at myself in the mirror and I say, you're a piece of shit. You don't look good at all. So it's really been fucking with me. I brought it up with Michelle a few times, but I feel like I even texted like a few friends, right? So this, okay, so I'm, I'm revealing a lot here, but it bothered me so much to the point where I would text friends about someone calling me big man, hoping to get like a dude, you're not fat. You should relax. Hoping to get one of those reactions. That's to the point where I was. Right. Do I look fat in this dress? No, you're not a big man. I mean, I get that I'm tall, right? And I'm a little thick. Like, I got some meat on my bones. But, like, you know when someone calls you big man, it's like, okay, so, like, I'm just that thick guy that's around. And I don't want to be that guy. Yep. I don't know. It's just, it's really been fucking with me. 
And it's one of those things where I've gone back and forth in my head where it's like, oh, maybe I looked a little jacked. Like, I've been, you know, former power lifter. So, like, I can, I used to be able to lift a lot of weight. Probably can't now. It's been a while. Um, You know, I, I do active things. So, maybe I just look, like, big and strong, you know? And that's what I'm hoping. But um, the pessimist inside of me is saying, no, you're fucking fat and you need to do something about it. You know what? Maybe this is a spot for some uh, Pop Psych 101. It is. Pop Psych 101 with Kyle. Doubly Negative proudly presents Pop Psych 101 with your host, Kyle. So I I could... uh... I could be off base here, but I'm I'm almost thinking I'm almost thinking it's fucking with you so much because you're not sure exactly what the intention was behind the words. I'm kind of thinking if they just called you fat, it would suck, but you wouldn't have to think so much. So this is reminding me of like um I don't know the exact term, but like hierarchy anxiety. Like so as humans, we're tribal creatures and we want to know where we fit in, you know, like picture dogs. They're comfortable when they know if they're the alpha or the beta. And we want to know what people think of us because then it gives us permission to act in a certain way. So right now you're in this in-between phase where you're like, how do other people perceive me? Am I in shape or am I not in shape? Am I am I the big man because I'm, I'm looking good and big or am I the big man because I'm fat and uh yeah I'm just wondering if that's what's going on if you've got some over some anxiety some mystery over over how people see you and I'm glad you brought that up because I think all right so I'm gonna kind of bring it back a little bit so I had messaged you because I needed someone to talk about this I know my wife's not gonna tell me you're looking fat you need to get in shape she's gonna say I think you look great I love the way you look. That's what she tells me when I ask her. I told her it was bothering me. She told me she loved the way I look. So I was like, all right, I'm going to message Kyle. He'll tell me how it is. And, and also said, you're Kyle, like, my my wife's a fucking liar. What a bitch. Okay, I need I need someone to tell me I'm really fat. That's, that's what you're thinking, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, I'm going to message Kyle. All right. He'll let me know flat out. He saw me kind of recently. He'll let me know if I'm fucking fat because when i hear that i think fuck i really gotta lose some weight and i I, i'm really hard on myself so i was like i'm gonna gonna message kyle i messaged you and i said someone call me big man tonight it's really fucking with me right and i messaged you that right before i got in the shower so what i've been doing lately is meditating in the shower because that's like my alone time i focus on the water like hitting my back, running down my face, whatever it is, and trying to meditate in the shower. And it got really intense for me when I was meditating because everything that kept popping up was those people calling me big man, me thinking that I'm fat, overweight, needing to make a change. And um, it helped me realize that like I care too much about people's perception of me and me wanting to be accepted by other people. So it got like super intense for me while I was meditating to the point where I I had to stop. I cut it off early. It was at like maybe like five minutes tops where I was like, I got to stop. This is like too much. And my mood completely shifted because I was in like a very like happy-go-lucky mood before I got in the shower. 
like I was busting balls with my wife, just like, I don't know, just being a fucking goofball, being happy. Then I got in the shower and I meditated and I was thinking of all those things. And it, it brought me to that realization of like, you care too much about the public's perception of you. Yeah, absolutely. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of people listening to this are going to relate to that. I think um, yeah, and like I think I cared. N- no, I was just gonna kind of repeat what we've already said, but it reminds me of the whole. I mean, obviously, this is really closely related to the whole body image podcast we did. But I think anyone who's ever been through something like that, where where they're really critical of them themselves, how they look or how they sound or something like that, I think there's there's this uh, overemphasis on the self, and uh, there's a lot of different ways I could pop like this, but especially in the West. We're very individualistic. So in other societies, people are more concerned about their families and, and the overall group. And, and in the West, we're, we're always we want to be the best and we're always comparing ourselves to others. So especially if we have this deep seated idea that we're not good enough, we're always looking for evidence this way or that. We're always trying to confirm what we think of ourselves in, in kind of a in, a in a bad way. I don't know if this makes sense if you're kind of understanding what I'm saying, but if, if you have this idea from childhood that you're fat, then you want to be you want to be not fat. But actually, your psychology is comfortable with being fat in, in a fucked up way. So you're actually looking for evidence that you are fat. And I, I personally, I think that's what you were doing with your wife and with me. You kind of wanted to hurt yourself because this guy was kind of triggering your your deep-seated feelings of yourself as a fat kid and you're like i am still that kid aren't i i'm, I'm still that kid um so I, I hope i haven't taken you too, too off track there no not at all and it, it's it is true that's exactly what i'm doing like even though she's told me no i don't think you're fat like she'll openly it's like say you know you, you got some meat on your bones which i'm okay with like what i say like okay she'll say you have meat on your bones like personally me, I like being a little bit bigger. I don't want to be like a skinny guy. I want to be someone that looks like you wouldn't want to fuck with him. As stupid as that sounds, I don't want to be a guy that people look at and say, yeah, I could fucking take that kid, right? Even if it means I'm like a little chunkier, that's okay. But for me, there's a fine line between me being, okay, he's a little thicker. I don't want to fuck with him. And okay, this guy is fat. So that's what's going on in my head. And that it's such a fine line that in my head it gets distorted and I automatically go to, okay, you're fat. Of course. Yeah, and, um, you know, again, this is body image stuff, but I'm just reminded of one of our close friends in Rhode Island, and you'll probably know who I'm talking about, but this guy had similar background as us, and he was always, you know, a fat kid and worried about that. And then he got super ripped, like really ripped, like ripped by anyone's standards. But he still carried that with him, um, and he still considered himself the fat kid in a very profound way. So, you know, if he, if he had any unhealthy food, he'd be like, oh, I'm so fat. And everyone around him is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm just thinking, like, again, again I don't want to go too far on this path that we've already covered, but this stuff is a lot deeper than people realize. And you can completely change the reality of how you look, but if you don't change the mindset, of how you feel about yourself, then you're always going to be that kid you were when you first decided you were affected. But the problem is, like, how do you change that mindset? Like, I don't think I can ever change that mindset unless I'm super skinny and ripped. Because there was a point in my life, okay, so when I first started, like, working out, I was probably, like, 155, right? And I had, like, a four-pack, six-pack 
coming in kind of okay i'm not gonna say i had a six pack i did not but i looked ripped and then i started powerlifting, so i was bulking up so i can lift as much weight as possible and then from that point i start i stopped lifting and got into jujitsu so i was still heavier but didn't have like that same pop i did when i was lifting obviously because i'm not focusing on these muscles and making them pop i'm rolling so like i'm getting skinnier in a way but like now that i'm at this weight like i can't help but think like i just don't look good and it's been something i've been struggling with for years now and the problem is like you said you get comfortable well it's the mindset like you said it's the mindset i need to change my mindset right so sometimes i feel like i can't like there's nothing in me that's going to change that mindset unless I'm back to that 155 pound kid that's super skinny because at six feet tall I feel like 155 pounds especially for me with like I have like wide shoulders I feel like that's not gonna happen unless I'm severely underweight like I was before yeah unfortunately this is where my uh my expertise ends because I, I don't know the answer either man I think a lot of people would say that you would need some sort of therapy to go back to childhood, relive those childhood memories and accept them. I've never done that. I don't know if that works. I do know that I feel better about everything when I'm meditating. So that would be the only real substantial advice I could give you is just keep meditating. And when, I, when I'm meditating regularly, all of, the, all of these types of things kind of get turned down in volume, but they're always still there. Um, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I don't know the answer, but I, I do think understanding the problem helps. And I can say that even though um, even though I'm still there with you, it is far less pronounced. And like, for example, um, you know, we're, we're on the boat um, on the trip I just took and people are taking pictures and videos all the time. And I, I still feel fat right now. And I am a little a little fat right now. And I saw a video and I did have that stab of pain. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm fat. Like when I looked at the video. But it went away pretty quickly, and it wasn't something that I was, like, focused on severely. Whereas in my younger years, that would have really messed with me for the whole time. Like, it would have been all I could think about. Whereas now, it's still there, but it's just less. Uh, so so maybe that's the goal, is just get it lower and lower. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I really don't know if it ever goes away. And I, I kind of think that if anyone tells you it completely goes away, they're probably lying. And beware of them. They're probably trying to sell you something. No, I agree completely. And I feel like it comes down to just like self-acceptance and like, I don't know, just a realization of how people perceive you because you're always going to assume, I mean, not always. I mean, some people might not be able to relate to this, but I know like if I look in the mirror in the morning and I think, wow, my gut looks big or like, I'm just like, I've, I've gone off the rails a little bit for a few weeks. Like I feel in my head that people are actually going to notice that when in reality, they're probably not. Right. So the something I was talking with Matt about at the gym a lot yesterday was, uh, again, the, the trip that I went on. And I think I had an important kind of not epiphany because it's, it's nothing new, but it was it was very real. And let me just describe. So the trip I took, we're on a boat for three days and two nights with uh, 17 guests and 10 crew members. So it's 27 people and it becomes a pretty small group during three days and it's, it's not a very big ship. So you're kind of seeing everybody all the time. And um, best part of the trip was not any event 
or beautiful sight or anything. It's something I noticed about my own mindset where, okay, so first of all, we didn't have Wi-Fi and the reception wasn't so good. So most of the time people weren't on their phones. And also our rooms were fine. Actually, I had a pretty comfortable room, but most of the time we weren't in our rooms. So most of the time we were interacting with each other. And, you know, if you decide to be more social, then you're interacting with a lot of people. And that's what I was doing. So I got into this mode where I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't looking in the mirror and I wasn't spending much time by myself. So I was kind of observing other people and then just being in the present moment with people. And when you're out in reality like that, because that's what reality is, that's other people. I just stopped caring about a lot of stuff like that. Like, in my daily life, the more time I spend by myself, the more in my head I am. And the more on social media I am, the more I'm comparing myself to other people. But what I'm trying to say is the best part of this trip was that I wasn't doing that for three days. And I started getting a genuine sense of how people react to the real me. I'm sitting there with them. I'm talking to them. And this is the way they react. And all of that stuff got turned down. So if I could bring it back to the whole body image thing, like this stuff is definitely real but again it's, it's totally magnified because when i'm sitting there with the crew and the guests they're not looking at my belly and thinking i'm fat because again i'm not doing this with the other people there there's one guy that he, he's got a big belly but i'm sitting there and he's funny and he's cool to talk to and his belly doesn't matter at all to me so i know i'm kind of rambling but i got this feeling of what actually matters when you're talking to people because when I, I think when it comes down to it what we're really worried about for being fat kids is that we're not going to be accepted we're worried that people are going to look at us and say he's fat he's not good enough but that's just not reality and I think the more time you spend outside of your own head talking to other people genuinely connecting the more you can kind of break that circular thinking of I'm not I'm fat I'm not going to be accepted yeah, and, and that ties into what I was feeling during that meditation phase where I was like, wow, I care way too much about what people think of me and the public perception. Because in reality, most people don't care what my weight is. Nobody cares, actually. Or like if nobody you're gives married, a fuck. Dude. Nobody gives a fuck. But in my you're head, married. I'm thinking. So you're already accepted. You're already accepted exactly. by the opposite sex. And not a single one of your friends cares if you're fat. And not a single person on the street cares what you look like because they're only cared about what they look like. So actually, zero people care, dude. But for some reason, in my head, even if it's someone that I'm never going to see again, if it's someone that like it has zero significance in my life, I don't want them to look at me and say, oh, it's just some fat guy I saw at the gas station. Like, it, it just gets in my head so fucking much. Like... I don't know if I already brought this up. I know we've been talking for like 22 minutes here. I don't know if I brought this up, but today, super hot, 95 degrees, 100% humidity, probably exaggerating, but whatever. But I got home and I was like, I'm going to go for a run today. And I ran the furthest I have in years without stopping because I was so in my fucking head about them calling me big man. Yeah. Like I just, I just fucking, I was like, all right, I got to do it. Like you're a piece of shit. I jumped on the skit. I, and here's the thing, too. I started making excuses. Like, I was, like, so ready to go work out and run while I was at work. I got out of work, and I was like, okay, it's really hot today. Maybe you shouldn't run. Like, it, it's, like, uncomfortably hot. And I even texted Michelle, and I was like, it's probably not safe to run. 
right? Looking for like the um, like reassurance, like oh you're you're okay for not working out today. Like looking for someone to say like yeah don't do that. It's probably not good. But I I jumped on the scale, saw what I weighed, and I said okay you need to run. You're a piece of shit. And then I just went and did it because it bothered me so fucking much. Did not eat dinner tonight because it bothered me so fucking much. It sounds like you're really aware of what's going on, but it also sounds like that self-torture is stronger. Like, I think you know you need to be gentler with yourself, right? Can can you not do it? Can, Can you turn off that part that says you're a piece of shit, you don't deserve dinner? I don't know if I can, honestly. Well, I really don't know. You if said I can. that meditating was so intense that you had to stop. I, I think you got to go back into that. I think you got to go back. You know, obviously, you can't. It, it's meditation is not like a Netflix series. You can't pick up where you left off. But it sounds like it sounds like there might be some real value, and it sounds like it might be painful. But I, I'm I'm only a pop psych one on one guy. But I think that's what you need. I think I think you got to sit and, and and sit with those thoughts. No, I definitely do, and I'm going to do it the second we stop recording. Um, that's my plan because I didn't get to today because it did help me come to that realization that I I care way too much about what other people think about me and everyone's perception of me and I know that it's a tough pill to swallow but it's one that I need to work on like I always try to be like the funny guy or like I don't know like have something interesting to talk about I want people to really like me and I don't know why I have that urge or feeling where I think people need to accept me because you don't always need people to accept you and like you like it's okay for people not to like you and accept you but for some reason even if it's someone that I don't have an interest in continue continuing like uh, a friendship with or a relationship with I feel like I want them to like me still no I, I think that's totally normal and it goes back to the pop psych thing I was talking about we are evolved in a way that we are kind of supposed to be in these smaller tribes and acceptance is a, is a really big thing actually. Like imagine if you're in a, in a 50 person tribe and you're not accepted, you could die. They could leave you behind. They could say this guy sucks and now you're dead. So I think, I think the pop psych people would say that that's why we've evolved with these anxieties because acceptance means life or death. Um, the problem is that it's just it just it's just it does not fit in today's world. So we still have these leftover anxieties and feelings like that about everyone we meet because we feel like everyone could be a tribe member or an enemy, but it just doesn't really match our present reality. And uh, I'm I'm not I'm not saying there's an answer for that, but I'm just saying that that's normal. And I think I think most people feel that way. I certainly do too. Yeah, and it's something that I need, I need to learn to accept. And just like, even though I realize it, like there's a difference between realizing something as reality and accepting something as reality. Right. So like you said, like that tribe mentality where you feel like you need to be accepted by this tribe or it's like do or die. Just accepting the reality that it's not do or die. This is how it is. And you as a person is okay. You know what? I might have something else for you, too, actually. So I'm thinking of exposure therapy now where let's say you're terrified of swimming. The best way to get over that is not to sit there and talk about it with a therapist. 
the best way to get over it is to slowly expose yourself to swimming. And the same thing applies to social anxiety or anything else. And I'm now thinking that this whole acceptance thing goes back to people pleasing. You want everyone to like you. Now, the real fear behind all of this is what happens if someone doesn't like me. And I started playing with this a few years ago where normally whenever I talk to a stranger, I would do whatever I could to make them like me. If they said something I didn't agree with, I would agree with it because I wanted them to like me. Well, I decided to stop doing that at some point and I still practice this to this day where like for on the on the boat for example, someone was talking about their beliefs, you know, spiritual stuff and I kind of just said like not not in an insensitive way, but I just said, "Yeah, I don't I don't believe that." And there's a lot of different situations in my daily life where I'm not afraid for people to not like me. So maybe you need to practice a little bit more of that. And again, I don't want to come off as someone who has this figured out because I definitely don't have it figured out. But I think now that I'm looking back on it, I think I started feeling a lot better about this stuff when I realized, oh, it's okay when people don't like me. I'm not going to die. Because again, just to go back to that exposure therapy thing, I think part of this anxiety you have is what's going to happen if people don't like me? What's going to happen? Am I going to get kicked out of the tribe? So you have to test that. You have to test that reality by seeing what happens. So you push back a little bit and you find out, oh, this guy doesn't like me. It's okay. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe with time and, and testing that out, maybe easing that anxiety will get rid of this other anxiety. Yeah, and I think it will too. Just accepting that like, because obviously... I don't like everybody. I don't find every person I meet to be an enjoyable person. It doesn't necessarily th- make me feel like they're a bad person. It's just someone that I don't get along with, right? So why can't I accept that on the other end where this person doesn't think I'm funny, doesn't think, you know, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like I should be able to accept the fact that not everyone's going to vibe with me. And like that's okay but it's something that just has always been in my head like i i want everyone to think positively of me and that's an impossible task and i need to accept yeah it it is impossible and going back to the hierarchy thing if you imagine the leader of a tribe or even someone you view as very confident in your in your own life someone you know they probably don't care what other people think of them. And that's that has to do with how secure they are in their place. They're not always worried about how other people think of them because they know their self-worth. So probably you want to get closer to that, and I, I do too. And the only way to do that is to stop caring so much. And it's 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 kind of a paradox. It's it seems impossible, but but you can get closer to that. Um Maybe just by thinking about it a lot and maybe just by testing it out. But do you get what I'm saying there? Like about the people that they just say what they want whenever they want and and they really don't care what other people think. And ironically, it kind of works and people like them more because of it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. But like for someone like me, like I don't I don't know how to determine my own self-worth. Like what makes me like, okay, I'm going to get a little deeper here. But when I was a kid, I didn't live in, like, the biggest house. I didn't have all the nice things. We didn't go on all the fancy vacations, right? And I remember as a kid, a lot of my friends lived in Wood Estates, which was, like, a nice neighborhood, bigger houses, two stories. And I remember always asking my parents, can we move to Wood Estates? 
like when we moved over to states like even that i think that's where like my self-imaging issues come in to play and that's where a lot of it stems from is me seeing these other people growing up with more than what i had and wanting that and not wanting them to judge me for not having what they had does that make sense like so i was always like okay they have this i also want this like i want them to accept me and not judge me because i don't have a two-story house i'm not going on these extravagant vacations i want what they have so they can accept me as one of them i always wanted to be one of them yeah yeah okay but i wasn't so now i'm thinking when we're kids and we don't have any idea about any of this stuff we just kind of accept the metrics of self-worth that are given to us. So wealth, body, performance in school, etc. And those are how we measure our self-worth. But when we become adults, if you believe in any sort of free will or, or whatever, we don't have to get into that, but you can, you can change those. You can make your self-worth whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be by other people's standards. And uh, I, I've kind of divulged my own personal journey a little bit, but I've been through highs and lows. And I think the most confident I've ever been was like three years ago when I decided to make my own self-worth based on what I thought was important. So I decided my self-worth is based on my friends, my girlfriend. I do the things I want to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I had this one moment of ultra confidence. Like it was really like almost delusional confidence when I'm like, there's no one as good as me because I want to do jujitsu. I go to jujitsu. I want to do comedy. I do comedy. I, you know, my friends love me. My girlfriend loves me. I'm the best. And uh, I'm not saying it was sustainable or anything like that because I don't really feel that way anymore. But in that moment, I had shifted my own priorities for self-worth. And I do think that's possible um, for, for you and for anyone too. So... Yeah, that would be what I'm thinking now is like, can you shift your own priorities for self-worth? Yeah, and I've had the same feeling you have or have had where I think like, okay, I'm the fucking man right now. Like, I'm doing everything right. Like, it just takes a few, like, oh, got a new job. I got a raise. Um, I bought a house. Like, I'm doing all these things. But then, like, eventually those new, like, oh, like, when I first bought this house, like, I bought a house and I'm in my 20s. Like, this is awesome, especially for my age or... I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. And then like, I don't know, maybe it's just seeing other people on social media doing things and it's like, oh, I, I'm i not doing that at this age. Maybe I need to be doing more. And you know, I always feel like I need to be doing more. I'm not doing enough. Even though like I'm very happy where I am, right? Like I'm married, have a house, have a dog, like I'm doing the thing, right? And I really like what I'm doing. But I always feel like I'm not, I don't know, I just always feel like I want. I want more. Like I need more. And if I'm not getting more in the time frame that my brain makes up, I feel like I'm failing. Me too, man. But the, the, the sick part about this whole thing is it's all based on like what you want. Like, right? Like some people are happy making a certain amount of money. That's considered not a lot, but they're, they have the freedom to do what they want. They, you know, they make their own schedule. They can spend enough time with their family. They have time for the leisure activities they want to do. Like happiness isn't defined by what your paycheck says compared to everyone else in your life's paycheck, right? 
Like you don't need to make a lot of money to be happy. You can live in a small house and live a simplistic lifestyle and still be happy. But it all depends on you as a person. It's not defined by what society says is, is successful. You can be a successful person and live below the poverty line if that's what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And happiness, it, it's almost like if you base your happiness off of what you have, then it's not real because then if you don't have it anymore, you're not happy. So it has to be deeper than that. I think you, you can't be happy because you have a big house. I, I don't think you're really happy then. No, I think <sighs> I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Like if you can get by, make the payments you need to make, live a simplistic lifestyle like for me personally like i like having nice things right like a nice computer where i can play games on right the things that i like are expensive but that <sighs> jake you might have to cut this out i don't know um that's not necessary for every person i don't know if this any of this makes sense i'm trying to just like put this together in my head and speak out loud but like I don't necessarily need these nice things to be a happy person and live a successful life, right? So, fuck, I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, I'm gonna... Kyle, pick me up. Bring me back to where I'm trying to go. Like, you may see having nice things as being successful. Like, okay, I have this. I can post it on Instagram. And everyone I went to high school with can see me with these things and think that I'm happy and successful. But even those people that have all these nice things might not necessarily be happy right they just have all of these nice things that you think will make you happy but don't right so people say oh money can't buy you happiness bullshit i could buy a jet ski well that doesn't necessarily make you a happy person it depends what you want as an individual and what you see as success some people see success as climbing a ladder working that nine to five getting that ceo job and making fucking bank and making all that money that's what some people see as happiness some people see happiness as all right i don't have to work a nine to five i can get by doing this and be completely comfortable i might get stretched sometimes but that's fine because all the other things i'm doing while still getting by makes me as happy as i can be does that like am i making any sense here yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You, you're saying you're saying different people have different criteria for happiness. And I, I hear you mentioning possessions a lot. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to sound like a typical white person in Southeast Asia because I've heard this so many times. And I kind of I kind of hate, hate when people say it because I think they might be missing the point. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Some of the happiest people I see here are the locals who have made their lives extremely simple. I'm talking about like a family that owns a small restaurant. Uh, some of the guys in the boat that I was just on, like it, it seems like they've accepted their position in life. They're not, I, I'm not inside their heads. So I might be being a complete asshole right now projecting onto them, but it seems like they're not. Okay. So in, in the West, I think one of the biggest problems we have is the American dream. We, we truly believe that every one of us has the potential to be a star. So you're born as a, a restaurant owner's son, but you're not really happy with that because you want to be a YouTube star. Now, I think that's less prevalent in other cultures. And and when I see the people I'm talking about, like they're, you know, they're working at a small restaurant, 
I think they've accepted that, and I don't think they're striving to be a YouTube star. And I think they spend their days out with their families, talking to strangers, and I think there's less time ruminating and worrying about what they have and what they don't have. So, I don't know, I'm kind of talking out my ass here, but personally, whenever I've been happiest, it's just when I'm doing less of that whole comparison thing. I'm on social media less, I'm, I'm sitting in my room by myself less, and just just being out there. I don't know. I know this sounds simplistic and cliche, but I, I think there's really something to it. Well, I mean, you say it sounds cliche, but for me personally, like, yep. I make a really good salary, right? But for some reason, I sit here and I say, okay, I can make more, right? I can do more. I see these people that, like, I grew up with and they're doing this. Like, I can also do more. Like, I can become that thing that I want to be. But do I really want to be that or do I just like well that's the comparison game yeah it's it, it, that's exactly what it is that never ends dude. like oh this person's doing this that that never that ends. never ends no and right now if you're playing that game right now you've got this idea i mean i don't know how much you make but let's let's say you make 100k a year and then you have this idea in your head like oh when i make 150k a year then i'll be comfortable and i'll be happy but that's not really how it works because even if you make 150k you're going to have a small moment. It might even last less than five seconds where you go, oh, fuck, yeah, I did it. And now the goalpost moves, and now you want to make 200 k a year. It just doesn't work. That just does not work. And that's why you see, like, the millionaires and billionaires that are still obsessed with this because it just doesn't work. They're always comparing themselves. There's always someone richer. Even if you have billions, you're still looking at Bezos and saying, I want to be like Bezos. When I'm like Bezos, then I'll be happy. But it just it just doesn't work. But I'm sure if Jeff Bezos were to look at things and say, man, I wish I had less responsibility. I could take less money and have less responsibility and be probably happier than I am now with what I have. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why this whole comparison game and this whole... I have this, but I want this. It's it's actually like the opposite of happiness. It's what's... Okay, because if we go back to a meditation mindset, right? What do you want to be doing? You want to be living in the present moment. But what are you doing when you're thinking about what you have versus what you could have? That's you living in the future. And I think Buddhists would say that that is what's taking you away from happiness any mental processes that are taking you away from the present moment and you know you're you're struggling with this false idea of what could be versus your imperfect version of what is that's just you not living in the present moment that's taking away from your happiness and you know i mentioned cliche before that the whole cliche is live in the present moment and you'll be happy but I think that's true. I think when I'm talking about these people that I observe and also like, you know, I felt I felt moments of true happiness on the boat. I think I was just in the present moment. I think that's what true happiness is. When you're in the present moment, you're not wishing for something else. You're happy where you are. And, you know, maybe it lasts for only a minute or maybe it lasts a longer than that or maybe it lasts less than that. But I think I think you can get there if you're just, you don't want anything else. That's why I'm saying I think wanting other things, desire and attachment, I think that's the opposite of happiness. No, and I agree with you completely. Like you need to be 
happy with your accomplishments. You need to like really reflect like even though you want more, be happy with what you've done. Right? And just accept like like I know for me, even though I played this comparison game, if I were to die mm-hmm. tomorrow, I'd be happy with where I got up until this point. Like, I know there's room for improvement with what I'm doing or how I've lived my life, but I think if I were to die tomorrow and some, like, I'd be happy with what I was able to get done in the time I've been here. Well, I, I don't want to attack what you're saying without fully understanding it, but I'd be happy with that. When you say what you've done, are you talking about accomplishments or what are you talking about? Not even, like, for accomplishments. Like, I look at different circumstances in my life, like where I came from, what my family situation is, um, you know, like me getting a degree. I mean, all right, we're 50 minutes in. I can say this because um, I don't know how many people listen this far. Both of my parents struggle with addiction. I could have easily fell into that, but I didn't. And I look at that as almost like a banner to hang in the rafters, even if that sounds shitty. like. I didn't fall into that. I still came from that. I I'm, I went to school on my own. I got a really good job on my own. And like I'm doing what I need to do to be successful. I'm not as successful as I want to be eventually, but I'm happy with where I am. I think I've done a really good job to this point. So if, like I said, if I were to die tomorrow, I'm happy with what I've done given my circumstances to this point. I think that makes sense. And I think there's a certain amount of truth to that. You have to have, you have to be okay with what you've done. But I'm just wondering if it's more about, you know, another cliche is like, when people are on their deathbed, they don't, they don't regret not making more money. They regret not spending more time with the people they love. And when I look at, my own life because I kind of feel the same as you where if I died tomorrow I think I think it's okay but it's not because I achieved anything really great it's just because I've I've had a lot of those really good moments and I've I've shared a lot of connections with people and I think going forward like sure I do have ambitions and I do want to make myself more secure financially and all that but that's not I don't think that's the most important thing no I don't think focusing on finances is the most important thing at all i think just being content with what you've done and where you are regardless of finances because i mean you've seen like you said like living on the island you've seen people that don't have the most money they are just like they're happy where they are they're doing what they do because they'd like to do it and they're okay with that they accept that that's what they wanted to do and they're doing it so they're happy doing it It has nothing to do with how much money you make because you know some people might not need a lot of money to do what they want to do all right i want to describe something kind of complicated i hope i can make some sense out of it but it's it goes back to the meditation thing again and i think it has to do with mental friction so i think if you're truly happy and content, you're doing everything with a certain amount of presence. Whether you're washing the dishes or taking a shower or taking a shit, you're kind of okay with where you are and enjoying it. And 
I think the opposite is when you've got something in mind that you want and that you feel you need. And then I think everyone can relate to this. You're taking a shower, but you're not really feeling the water hit your body. You're thinking, I have to finish this shower because I have to get to work or something. I have to do this. I should be doing this. Why am I doing this? So that's the mental friction I'm talking about. And I think if you can get rid of that mental friction and just be wherever you are, I think that's what happiness is. And I think the people I was describing, I think they have more of that. I don't think they're I don't think they've got that mental friction. I don't think they're taking showers and lamenting what could be and regretting what they've done. I think it goes back to what you said about acceptance. And I think uh, I think acceptance, acceptance and kind of contentment with what you have gets rid of that mental friction. 100%. Just knowing, not knowing, but just like, it's tough to put this into words. Just like, you don't have that mental friction if like, you're happy where you are, right? Like for me, if I get in the shower in the morning, it's like, oh shit, I'm running late. Oh shit, like I gotta get to work. It's for them, it's like, you're living your life. It's not like, oh, I got, I'm going to work. I gotta, I gotta go to work. I gotta do this. I gotta do that in order to be where I, in order to get where I want to go, I have to do this, this, and this. It's, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. I'm just getting ready for my life. It sounds like I'm just making, like putting that in, like explain it like I'm five type terms but it's true and i think a lot of the things that take us away from happiness are overcomplicating things i think especially in the west people just do too much because they think they have to but let's say your goal is just to do what we're talking about and get rid of that mental friction i think for a lot of people it might involve taking away things rather than adding things so, for example, you know, if you're if you find yourself always stressed and always rushing, it might be worthwhile to wonder why are you always stressed and always rushing? Is your plate too full? Is the job you have just too stressful? Um, I know that's that's what I spent a lot of my late 20s doing was like, I want to get rid of all the things that are making me think too much. And, and again, I'm still not where I, you know, I, I don't consider myself truly content all the time, but I feel a lot more relaxed because on a daily basis, I'm not really supposed to be anywhere or supposed to be doing anything. So a lot of that mental friction for me is gone. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the mental friction comes from like the pressure we put on ourselves. Yes, you put those expectations on yourself and those expectations may come from, you know, your family, just how you were brought up, back to the whole free will thing. Like, do you feel like you need to do this in order to succeed based on other people's thoughts and ideas? Like, just, I don't know, just being... Uh, see, I don't have the words for it. I don't know. We might have kind of covered it. Yeah, I think we did. This ended up being a pretty heavy one, huh? <laughs> Which is good because I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. Yeah, this is this has been a heavy one, but it's good because I needed this. Good man, I needed this good. bad. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been going for 57 minutes. We can cut it now. <laughs> I I have to pee worse than I've ever had to pee in my life. I think. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Download, rate, subscribe. Oh, actually. 
Here's one thing that I said I was going to do. So we have a new friend, Kyle. We have a new friend. And it is... It's a local podcast in Rhode Island. And it's called Hell to Heal. And it kind of goes with us when we talk about like mental health stuff. They, um... The girl's name is Carrie. She's a real sweet girl. I've, I don't know her really well personally, but, um, you know, from what I've heard and when I have interacted with her, she's been a really nice girl. Um, she started a podcast herself, Hell to Heal, where she talks about different like grieving experiences and stuff like that. So she's had uh, loss due to addiction. So what her podcast is, she brings people on and she talks about you know, their experiences with yeah. losses of a loved one to That's addiction or a tragedy. Right. So I really, really like her idea in the podcast. So I just, I wanted to bring that at up. At first I thought it was a jujitsu podcast. Know, I thought it was H-E-E-L. So just anyone listening, I just looked it Go up. Check it's to heal, like healing from a, uh, a wound or something. Yeah. I'm, beh- I'm behind that idea. I think, it, I think. Yeah. It's not, it's not a jujitsu podcast. I don't think based on what I'm saying here. Yeah. Not heel hooks. No, but she, um, She's super sweet, and um, I like the whole premise behind a podcast. I think it's a good, um, you know, talking things out. Like, me and her had a conversation tonight. Like, I, me and you talking like this is therapeutic for me. I like opening up a bit. I like exploring these different thoughts in my head. And it's just, it, it feels good to get it out. So I know in her instance where she's talking about, like dealing with that loss like it, it's it's a similar feeling for her and i'm sure the people that she has on so i wanted to plug it consider it plugged okay so listen to that podcast download that podcast but also download ours and subscribe to our patreon because we have a lot of cool stuff on there kyle is due for a singly ne- singly negative episode i'm waiting for it because i enjoy it do you have any remarks kyle I certainly am. Yeah, I'll. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do that very soon, and I'll, I'll talk more in depth about my trip. Yes, that would be awesome. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening, Kyle. As always, it's been a blast. I love this. You too, buddy. I will talk yeah, to you probably very soon. I'll probably talk to you right after we record this. So whatever. Well, take a piss first, but yeah, let's talk. Oh, I got a piece of that. All right. Bye. Yeah. This is life being bound to love